today we have a special speaker that's Reverend Resta Hart from the United Methodist Children's Home. Reverend Hart spoke with us today in our men's meeting and that was very inspirational and inspiring meeting we had. And I know that y'all will get something out of this, so I'd like to welcome Reverend Hart. Good morning. I'm glad to be here. I have been at the children's home now for four weeks. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate uh, Mike uh, giving me a few moments this morning. This is very dangerous because I have not preached a sermon in about five weeks after doing that for 12 years every single Sunday. So I'm very tempted. Uh, to keep us here a little while today, but uh, I know that you'll run me out of town if I do that, and uh, so I want to respect uh, the time this morning, but I am glad to be here and to represent the United Methodist Children's Home. Uh, it is, uh, I'm just really excited about what's happening at the Children's Home right now. It's, a, it's really kind of a new day for us as we attack a new strategic plan, and I'm excited to be a part of the team uh, that is doing that. Appreciate Patty helping me out on the slides today, and we're going to try to roll through these as we go. So we will look here at uh, the Bible declaration from James 1.27. The Bible declares religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans in their distress. You know, caring for orphans is not a suggestion. It's not an option to consider. It is not a calling for just some people that are inspired by that type of thing. But caring for orphans is a command from God, and we see it throughout Scripture. It is true religion. Well, for 144 years now, the United Methodist Children's Home, your children's home, has been a key resource to help us North Georgia Methodists to be obedient to this biblical command. Today, uh, here in 2015, the United Methodist Children's Home does three things. Things have changed over the years uh, because the child welfare system in Georgia has changed. And for a long time, we were an orphanage. In the 1950s and the 60s, we peaked at about 150 children on our campus in Decatur. But it's a new day. The state does things differently. And so it's important that the children's home adapts uh, to the new way of taking care of the children within our state and within our communities. So we're now focusing in on doing three things and three things only. Uh, there's so much need, it's hard to focus. Uh, but we're really intent on focusing on three things. The first is foster care. The foster care uh, program that we have right now serves about 70 children a day uh, in foster homes away from our campus. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. The second thing that we do the second way we share the transformational love of Christ is through family housing on our campus. We have the cottages and the homes there on our campus in Decatur, and we have families that otherwise 
uh, would be homeless who come to our campus, uh, go through our program, are provided housing, are provided financial education, uh, are provided uh, just all those kind of basics uh, that help build the building blocks of a successful, loving family. They're provided for them for a year, two years, until uh, they can get back on their feet uh, and can provide for themselves. And that is the goal uh, of that program. Uh, that's on our campus. We have families, women, mothers, fathers, uh, children on our campus. The third way that we share the transformational love of Christ is through what we call independent and transitional housing or living. Uh, we have, uh, when you turn 18 years old in the state of Georgia, as a foster child, you're done. 18 years old. Now, you may be three months from high school graduation. When you turn 18, you have aged out of the foster care system. Uh, and so this uh, transitional time, uh, bringing you into independence is an important time. And we have living on our campus, as well as living in apartments off of our campus, 18 to 21 year olds who have aged out of the foster care program. Uh, so those are the three things that are happening right now through your United Methodist Children's Home. Foster care, family housing, and the independent and transitional living. And we're really focusing in on those. We think they work together uh, to provide uh, loving and compassionate and nurturing homes. Which leads to our bold and daring vision. This is our new vision that's come out of our strategic planning. We envision a world where every child is raised in a loving, compassionate, and nurturing home. That's our vision, that every child, every child can live in a loving, compassionate, nurturing home. Many of us took that for granted growing up. Uh, unfortunately, the situation in our state is that this vision is not a reality for every child. And I want to take a look uh, here at a few of the situations that uh, are happening right now. In, we're in the midst of a child welfare crisis in Georgia. Take a look at these numbers. 54,000 calls every year into Child Protective Services. Of those, 31,000 result in defect investigations. And of those, 13,000 unique children are noted as victims every single year in our state. We have 11,000 kids, and this number is growing and growing fast. 11,000 kids in our state that are in the foster care system. 7,000 of those are in North Georgia. We have more in North Georgia than we have in South Georgia. Let's take a look at the next slide. 300 kids sleep every month with strangers, state employees, who are watching over them because there is no foster family, no foster home for them to go to. We don't have enough foster families in our state to handle those 11,000 foster kids. And so 300 of them every month right now are spending nights in hotel rooms. Your United Methodist Children's Home turns away 
about 30 kids every week. DFAX calls the children's home and says, we've got a kid. A couple of weeks ago, it was twins. 30 a week, and we have to say, I'm sorry, we don't have foster families to help you out. And some of those end up being a part of the 300 that are in hotel rooms. And this is important too. Nearly 50% of the 11,000 foster kids are assigned outside of their home county. You have a child here in your community who needs a foster family. If there's not a foster family available, ready to go, then that child is taken to a neighboring county or it could be 100, 200 miles away, somewhere in Georgia. And it's vitally important for them to be at home, near families. We're going to uni reunify the families. They need to be close. They need to be in the community that they call home. And that's not happening right now. So why are kids in foster care? Let's take a look at a few of the, the main reasons that they are. The biggest thing is neglect. Uh, these are pa uh, parents that are not taking care of their children. Not providing them food, they're not providing adequate housing, whatever it might be. They're just neglecting their children. That's the biggest reason for foster care. Parental drug abuse, inadequate housing, abandonment, uh, parental incarceration, physical abuse, which a lot of times we envision is the biggest thing. It is further down the list. Certainly happens, uh, but there are a lot of other things that go into the reasons that kids are in foster care and the inability of the caretaker to take care of the children. I think that we can agree that kids not living in loving, nurturing, and compassionate homes is an affront to the kingdom of God that Jesus talked about. Kids spending the night sleeping in hotel rooms with virtual strangers instead of having a loving and compassionate nurturing home is an affront to the kingdom of God. The good news is that we've got a new opportunity. Like no other time in our state's history, the church is being asked by Georgia's leaders to stand tall in the gap for our foster kids and for our youth. Sometimes they've avoided us, but now they're desperately seeking out the church to help solve this problem. And you know what? A hundred years ago, the government didn't have to deal with this problem because the church had already taken care of it. And we haven't in the past many decades. We're being asked to do what only the church can do, and that is to share the hope and the healing and the transformational love of Jesus Christ with local children. To address the current crisis, your United Methodist Children's Home will expand its foster care services from 70 children a day to 500 in the next five years. By 2020, we're going to grow from 70 to 500. It's one of the reasons I'm so excited to be a part of what's happening in the Children's Home right now. But we cannot do it without your help. You know, in the past, I think that churches have felt like the United Methodist Children's Home ministry was what happened in Decatur. You know, we took an offering, you sent your money there, 
maybe you went to Decatur once in a while and helped us out with our ministry. But what's happening right now is that we are focusing in on returning the ministry to you. Because these foster kids live in your community. This is your ministry. It is the call of the church to take care of the kids in our community. We have a responsibility to take care of the kids in our community. And so what we want to do is be a resource for you to take care of the kids in your community, to support you in that. Now, not everybody's called to be a foster family. But I don't think that God has you here by accident today. I think that there are maybe people here who've maybe thought about this, or maybe now that you see this huge need, then maybe it's something that God's putting on your heart and on your mind. I hope you'll explore that in your prayer life, and I hope that you'll get in touch with us if you feel that call. We need foster families. But we also need the church to come around those families. So as we go to the next slide, here's what we're talking about. We want to grow from 70 to 500. So we need foster families to be in ministry with these birth families to help out in this crisis. But we also need that support system. We need folks to come around. When we have a foster family in a, in a church or in a community to come around and to help out, to provide meals, to provide transportation, provide babysitting, to provide uh, prayer, all of these things that can help out uh, to build a coalition of care in our communities. And we envision this moving beyond the Methodist Church and all of us, the churches, the followers of Jesus Christ, being about this ministry of foster care. Jesus, in Luke 4, goes into the synagogue he unrolls the scrolls and he reads that passage from Isaiah to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That was his mission on earth. His healing, his redeeming, his restorative, transforming mission. And thus it is ours. We are the hands, the feet, and the heart of Jesus Christ. There is a great need within our community. There is a crisis that the church is called to help solve. And like no other time, we have the opportunity to do that. And so your United Methodist Children's Home is at work beginning that process. But we're going to be calling on you in the days and the weeks and the years ahead to be foster families, to come around and support those foster families, provide some money to support the system as well, but to support it also with your prayers and your actions as we answer the call to take care of the orphans. To bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, to let the oppressed go free. So I thank you for this opportunity to be with you today. Uh, I hope as you continue to hear about what's happening, that you'll respond uh, and support our work.
to support the work of Jesus Christ in providing transformation of the world. Thank you. It's great to be with you today. God bless.